0: And so as we've been working through these like profound existential teachings of jesus um you know i thought i got the easy end of the stick getting blessed are the peacemakers um because surely making peace is quite like a palatable teaching yeah um and obviously jesus coming to the world to make peace that's a really lovely thing and in approaching that on quite like a surface level i was like is going to be easy. Everyone's going to be totally on board with what I say. Making peace is something that we all want. Um, very straightforward. Um, but I don't think I could have been more wrong. And as I started to delve into this teaching a little bit more and seat it within the subversive nature of the rest of the Beatitudes and the rest of those teachings, which were counter to what I think not just that culture we're wanting, but, but also more universally ourselves. I mean, who wants to be hungry when you could be full? Who wants to be meek when you could be strong? Who wants to mourn when life is just all the time? And I think that with this peacemaking thing, like at first glance, at first glance, it seems like quite an easy thing, sentimentally something that we could all get on board with. Um, but I, I started to think about like the wider theology of Jesus. This notion of a Messiah who was completely unexpected and completely rejected essentially getting to the point where he died because of our sin he died because of our rejection of the kind of subversive ministry um, that 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 he held and so why is peacemaking such a subversive thing and if you see it in its original context like where jesus was teaching like we've like discussed before in, in in talking about jesus the Messianic expectations and the expectations that his environment had on him was to make some Roman heads roll. I mean, for the Jews, oppression had just been their thing. There's this like Peace and Family guy where there are these Jews carrying these massive big pillars on their back and building the pyramids for the Egyptians and one of them goes to the, goes to the other. is like, you know, most races, they have their time of tribulation. But we're now, is done real nice and early. It's going to be smooth sailing from here on out. And if we look at history, that's just not the case. It's absolutely not the case. From the Egyptians, you get the Assyrians. From the Assyrians, the Babylonians, then the Greeks, and now the Romans. The Jews are just like, give me a break. Are you kidding me? And the last thing they're wanting to do is make peace. In fact, war making. In a lot of the other actual messianic attempts and revolts and the kind of zealots and terrorism that was kind of around that day was for this purpose was to shake off the oppressive regime of the Roman Empire and while I think we don't share that same political oppression maybe, maybe where we are now there's definitely still that in the world to some degree there are religious political and social power structures that exist that exist whether consciously or subconsciously that, that, that oppress those who are weaker and that inflict and they don't make peace, they make war, and in doing so, are not conducive to the ideal way of being idea of shalom. And so, in Jesus saying, Blessed are those who are the peacemakers, for they will be the children of God. They will, the term means children of God, is, is reflective of God's heart, reflective of. God's work in the world they are those I started to think why is it that we don't want peace again sentimentally it's something I'm sure we've all nodded and gone yeah I want peace peace is good but what about when our security is challenged when our ideas are challenged what if our way of being is challenged What if we do nothing? Is that what making peace looks like? Would we be happy for that to be the case? What if we want revenge? What if we feel justified in wanting revenge? What if we want power? What if we feel impowerful? What if, like the Jews, we feel oppressed and we want to shake off the political, social and religious systems that oppress us and make our lives very, very hard. Would would it be easy for us to to hear the one whom we believe is our ultimate religious teacher to tell us to be making peace? I sincerely doubt that that the same disciples who asked Jesus to call down a pillar of fire on the heretics they call the Samaritans and who desperately there were terrorists within Jesus' disciples. At this seating, that there were people who violently and physically tried to fight off Roman oppression. That would have been a very hard thing to digest for them. And in thinking about this sentiment more, it's a very hard thing for me to digest as well. So before I go into what what peacemaking might look like, I want to talk about why peacemaking would be necessary I'll start by talking about this thing or these things called power structures and so when we when we feel a certain way when we are a certain way we put ourselves in 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 tribes that share the ways that we are the ways that we think the ways that we are together uh, the ways that we believe And, and we hold these things in place for certain reasons our belief serve as almost like a securing device for us. And those that back up and affirm the things that we believe, that affirm the ways that we want to be in the world, are our tribe. And we identify with that and we feel safe in that because our idea of ourselves and our self stories are not challenged at all. And the enemy then, or the other, become those that don't share that. And we actually can define ourselves and our tribe By who and what we're not. And those that are different to us threaten the very way that we are, threaten the very way that we think, and provide a challenge to the peace that we find together. But if our power structures are built like that to be exclusive and not inclusive, I don't think that reflects the call of God for us to be His children. I don't think that reflects a contemporary Christology or understanding of who Jesus was, who engaged the world where it was at and had solidarity with difference. Not in the sense that we like, embody everything that's around us, but whereby we allow ourselves to be transformed by those around us and to make peace in the ways that we would want peace made for us and to challenge those power structures that deprive anybody of doing that, that oppress people, that hurt people, that exclude people, that don't invite people to conversation, that aren't facilitating of human flourishing. I think when we make war and we cause oppression, when we have such a strong tribal identity and and such a security crisis, that we can't bear the presence of the other because the other reminds us of our insecurity, reminds us that maybe we're not powerful, that reminds us maybe there is different, that reminds us there are other ways of being that are contrary. That doesn't just challenge us intellectually. wrapping our heads around a different way of thinking it challenges our core it challenges our sense of who we are and where we are with us together i mean how comfortable would we be here if we had someone who came in and was completely opposite to us would that present a challenge to us would it topple our power structure or would we as a community be able to engage that person or that group exactly as they are and where they are at and provide them with an environment that is peacemaking, that doesn't oppress, even in spite of difference. That's hard. That's really, really hard. And while that might not look like us creating a political regime where some kind of religious aristocracy and just bestow punishment on those who think differently to us, like different religious structures in the past have done, or we socially just turn our backs to them and just eat our Asian fusion meals by ourself. And If that person provides a challenge to us, I don't know, would, would you want that if you were to go somewhere else? Would that be making peace with you? Or would those kind of attitudes, I know I'm putting out some pretty extreme stuff. Um... Would that be doing unto others as we would want done to ourselves? The last thing I'll talk about before I open it up to discussion is that peacemaking, I don't want to like get into like the semantic big confusion, so forgive me if I'm using these terms quite, quite broadly, but peacemaking is not necessarily like a pacifist movement whereby we do nothing whereby we go, oh, that's cool. That's fine, there's oppression there. I'm not partaking it, but it's cool that you are the way you are. Or seeing things that we're convicted against and, and, and not doing anything about it at all. Peacemaking actually, in, in some ways, is, can be quite violent. Maybe not necessarily physically violent. But it could be ideologically violent in the sense that when we identify power structures in the world that cast people out, that oppress people, that don't engage people, that don't heal people, if, we, if as Christians we take the call of Christ seriously to follow him and follow the ways that he engaged with the world, did you see Christ like validating exclusivist religious traditions that cast out women, cast out the poor, cast out those whose society completely repulsed like tax collectors and prostitutes and Samaritans. Quite the contrary. Jesus violently opposed that. Maybe not physically, but ideologically, yes. His way of being and his call um, to to those who followed him in the way that he called them to live was violently and aggressively opposed to what they were previously comfortable with. And he's continually, continually challenging and, and breaking down these systems and these power structures and these tribes that forego the call of God to love him and to love our neighbor, that are not conducive to shalom, that cause violence and unrest and a state of being where we actually don't love the other, where we don't love our neighbor. God didn't just do nothing. God did everything hardly pacifist hardly pacifist and so for us as peacemakers it doesn't mean doing nothing it doesn't mean kind of sitting in you know like an existential silo with one another and give each other high fives and back up our own bias and the way that we answer questions it looks like engaging the world being a Christian looks like following Jesus looks like engaging and fighting injustice, standing for equality, being convicted people that are absolutely consumed by the cause to create shalom, to love the neighbour, and to dismantle these power structures and tribal identities that seek to cast out people and, and, and oppress people. Now, what I'm not saying is that you identify like a... A political group or a religious group or a social group and you go there and you burn down their building or, or or something like that that's not that's not what I'm suggesting what I'm suggesting is within your own jurisdiction whether that's at work whether that's socially we seek to identify the things that are not conducive to us loving one another and in your own subversive in very normal way, engaging that and seeking to engage difference with love. Just yesterday we, um, we, we participated in, um, in Walk Together, which was a symbolic act of everybody getting together no matter what race, no matter what religion, no matter what creed, and simply walking together, singing together to the same beat, holding a sign together, celebrating one another. And in doing so, I think, violently attacking the kind of rhetoric or kind of cultural just standpoint that, that is scared of any difference and wants to keep it away. And in doing so, oppresses people who genuinely need help. In that way, a peaceful walk together was a violent opposition of a systemic abuse. One of my favourite um, philosophers, Peter Rollins, I I had to, Aleem. I'm sorry. I I have to. He talks about Mother Teresa's life as as um, as a violent opponent to the systemic abuse that governments had had on the poor. Not in the sense that she went and burned down their buildings, but in the sense that the hurt caused she sought to heal. And in that different approach... Inspired the rest of the world in many ways to embody that same call. To make peace. Doing something to make peace. Not just standing back and doing nothing. But like Christ, engaging a hurting world where that hurting world is at. Seeking to include, to validate, to redeem. Making peace looks like doing something. Making peace looks like being cool with deconstructing whatever power structure we sit ourselves within if that power structure doesn't serve the cause of loving the neighbour and loving the other and being willing and being open to look for inclusion, to look for redemption, to look to follow Christ wherever those opportunities might face us. I can't remember who said this, I pulled this, um, I pulled this quote off the internet, as a lot of people do. The result of conflict resolution is peace. And peacemakers will be called children of God. They will reflect the divine character in their actions. And they're doing something. And they're engaging of the environments that are around them. In seeking to find peace. And to fight the structures that are in place the attitudes that cause unrest and oppression we have a call to do that we have an onus on each other to do that and I think in doing so we can be a part of creating a world that is a better place to live for as many people as possible I don't know whether there's a huge part of me that it looks at. It cannot be vulnerable for a second. I, like, I look at that meta-narrative of, of redemption and thinking of like a perfect world. And I, can't, I can't see it. I, I, I despair at the work that is needed to go from where we are to, to that ultimate shalom embodying world. There's a, there's a lot to do. I, I honestly wonder even within myself whether it's possible for me to do that. But it's a cause worth fighting for and we all have different God-given capacities to do that to make peace to make the world a better place for those who are in it for all who are in it and if there's any symbol that encourages me when I feel that that insecurity or that or or that doubting is in Christ in the creator of everything that is caring, engaging, changing, doing what is ever needed to uphold creation and to lift it and to use us as agents of redemption. That to me, I can follow that call. I can try to. I can definitely try to. And I would hope that for those around me and for those around you, we can share this conviction together and inspire each other to do that in different ways, in different capacities, in different convictions, in different outlets. And seek to complement one another in it. As different parts of the body. And seek to make this world, that's hurting, a little less hurting before we leave it. Because I think that's what Christ would want us to do.